Well, welcome, Northside family. Thanks for tuning in this weekend and want to welcome you into our series of Light in the Darkness as we're focusing on the light of the world, Jesus, and our dark moment and our dark time in this world. And if this is your first time, I want to welcome you and invite you to make yourself known. We got chat hosts. We got everybody who would love to follow up with you and make you feel like family here. And uh, this series, Light in the Darkness, we've been walking through the book of Philippians uh, because the Apostle Paul was in a dark moment, even though he's a faithful follower of Jesus. He's a church planner. He's helped lead, you know, hundreds of people to Jesus. And yet he is in prison for claiming the light, for following Jesus. And yet even in that moment of being in a dark place, in a dark dungeon, locked away, uh, because he's not saying that Caesar is Lord, he's saying Jesus is Lord, he writes this letter to the church. And he reminds us of the light of Jesus. And uh, today, I want us, what we're going to look at, what Paul's words is, he, he's going to begin to challenge our perspective right now. And what he's going to do is this. He's going to challenge our perspective on our past. He's going to challenge our perspective on the present. And he's going to challenge us on our perspective of the future. And this is why we're going to need Jesus. And so to kind of get your mind going a little bit, I went back to the old classic uh, whole deal of, do you see this glass either half full or half empty? Now, here's what I want you to do. Just kind of play along with me here, all right? Just whether you got family or friends or by yourself there in your house or apartment, just raise your hand if you are a glass half empty person. All right. Now, if someone is in the room and they are a glass half empty person or they're not raising their hand because they're like, I've already chosen to not participate. Go ahead and call them out right now. Uh, but if you're a glass half empty person, raise your hand. You're kind of that pessimist a little bit, what they would call uh, a Debbie Downer. And, uh, you know, now raise your hand if you are an optimist. This is a little bit more of me where you're an optimist and, and you're going, no, I see the glass. I see water in the glass and it is half full. It's not half empty. It's half full, so raise your hand if that's you, right? Now, now here's the only problem. Uh, some people can become Debbie Downers if they're a pessimist. Here, here's the problem. I'm an optimist most of the time, and here's what can happen for us optimists. We can become Debbie Denial, all right? We can deny. We're like, no, we got water. We're like, right, but you only have half. No, but we have water, and you deny the whole reality of the other half of the glass, now, here's the other thing. For some of you go, Nate, I'm really not an optimist. I'm also not a pessimist. I'm a realist. And, uh, and I see that there is half empty, half full. I'm not just one or the other. I'm a realist and uh, quit calling me Debbie, all right? And uh, now that might be you a little bit where you're more of a realist. So you're kind of in the middle a little bit. You're not too optimist. You're not too pessimist. You kind of sit right in the middle. Now, here's the fascinating thing. Here's why I ask you to, to kind of identify who you are because all of us in our personalities, we all kind of typically lean one way or the other. And it's not wrong. A lot of times that's our wiring. But here's what we need to understand today with this. A lot of times we either see the glass half empty or half full. But the reality is this. The glass is full. It's full. You're like, no, it's not. Nate, I, there's only half the water. No, no. Half of it is water. And the other half is air. It's there. The glass is actually completely full. The only thing is this. You can't see the air that's in there. And a lot of times, here's what happens to our faith. Just because we can't see something, we begin to believe it's not there. Matter of fact, if you were to rank what's more important, air or water, what's more important? Now, both are needed, 
But you go, you can go a whole lot longer without water than you can air. And see, here's the thing when it comes to Jesus. Sometimes we can focus on things and neglect what is most important right in front of us. Matter of fact, this happened to Jesus when he came. He came to lead the Jewish nation back to God and then to be a light to the Gentiles, to change the perspective, to understand that whether you are caught in your sin or you have no direction or maybe you've become your own God, your own kind of leader. He's going, no, you need to turn because there's only one God. There's only one father. And, and Jesus came to lead us back. And matter of fact, sometimes we say stuff like this. You know, I would follow Jesus if he was my life group leader, right? If I could be in a life group with Jesus, if I could sit here and see him and, you know, go play basketball with him, I would believe in him. And that sounds good. The only thing is this, there were several thousand people who saw him face to face and still didn't follow him. Matter of fact, in John chapter seven, Jesus gets in trouble with some of the Pharisees uh, because he healed on the Sabbath and they wanted to kill him. And he goes, whoa, 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 time out. He goes, you guys would do the same. You would help someone on the, on the Sabbath. Why are you coming after me for healing on the Sabbath? And then listen what Jesus says in John chapter seven, verse 24. He says, stop judging by mere appearances. Stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. What Jesus was calling him on is this. He's going, I know you see me for what you want to see, but I want you to see me for who I am. And oftentimes we can see in the world, we can even see Jesus for what we wanna see him to be and we can miss the totality, the fullness, the goodness, the richness, the grace of Jesus. See, here's what we gotta to understand today that Paul is gonna line out for us is this, Jesus changes the way we see everything. See, this is the good news of the light of the world in Jesus. Jesus changes the way we see everything. Jesus isn't trying just to make you an optimist or he's not just trying to call out the pessimist. Jesus is saying, I want you to look at everything in the world different because when you see me, you will see the world differently. Matter of fact, that's why Paul begins to write this. And man, we are in a hard time because right now it's pretty cloudy, isn't it? We don't know when we can come back here. We don't know, you know, when restaurants will be able to open up. We, we don't know when the economy will get going again. We don't know when we can really travel again. We don't know when we can gather again. We, we don't know. And oftentimes what happens is this. In those times of uncertainty, you and I, we lose hope. And Paul writes to say, don't lose hope, church. That's why he writes. He's going because Jesus wants you to, he wants to change the way you see everything. He wants you to, to change the way you see your past. He wants to change the way you see the present. And he wants to change the way you see the future. Even though we don't have all the certainty and the de details of when life is going to change, Jesus has a way for us to see the world right now. Matter of fact, if you have your Bible open to Philippians chapter one, it's towards the back in the New Testament. And what's great is this, Paul writes this and here's what he's saying. When he opens up, he says this, Jesus changes our perspective on the past. This is what happens when you and I see Jesus for his fullness, for his goodness, it changes the way we see our past. Listen to what Paul says, because he sees Jesus clearly he now sees his past clearly. He says this in verse 12. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. He's in jail. And he could sit here and go, and he's not saying, hey, this isn't hard. He, he's saying, man, it is hard. He is suffering in there. But he goes, hey, I want to let you know what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel. 
And then he goes on to say this, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard, everybody, all the jailers, everybody and everybody else around, they know that I am in chains for Christ. He's going, here I am locked up and now everybody, I'm sure like those prison guards, like you take that bread to Paul. I don't want to talk to that guy again. I mean, he's convicted me of my sin. You take it. And here's what he knows. Because he sees Jesus clearly, he sees his past clearly. And he's going, what has happened here has actually served to advance the gospel. He goes on to say this in verse 14. And he says, because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. See, Jesus, when we see him, he changes our perspective on our past. A lot of us, you and I, man, there's been a lot of times that I've been running from my past. Or I've been trying to do good to to make up for my past so I can feel good about myself and so I don't have to think about there. And he goes, no, 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 no. He's saying this, no, I've come after you. And so don't try to deny your past. Don't run from your past. Actually let, see Jesus in the fullness of your past because Jesus changes everything. Matter of fact, Paul talks about, hey, I wanna let you know that, that what has happened, here he is in chains, has served to advance the gospel. Oftentimes, we fail to see Jesus in his work right now. Here it is, we can't meet together. We got COVID-19 going on. We have all these things going on. We go, oh man, I, I bet God's not doing anything. Can I just remind you, a couple of weeks ago, Easter, we saw the most people accept Christ in the history of our church. We turned 50 this last Monday, officially, and we saw the most people come to Christ when we weren't here gathered. Because Christ, when we see him in his fullness, he changes our perspective. Talked to one of my missionary buddies uh, this week, works down in the Dominican Republic. And of course, they're under the same kind of rules and guidelines. And so they've had to go online and they have all these kind of small house churches all over the island. And so they were on, broadcasting online. And he said the craziest thing happened in Tamboril, one of our churches, uh, he said, was broadcasting, you know, in Spanish, the, their whole service. And he said, and they had shared it. A couple of the families had shared it with their Dominican families who live in Brooklyn, New York. And he said, the craziest thing happened is after the service, people started responding, coming to Christ. And he said, we got a phone call from someone from Brooklyn, New York, who had gotten saved by Christ because of what was happening in the Dominican Republic. See, Jesus changes our perspective. Right now, we can feel locked up that there is no hope. We have no direction. And no, Paul says this. He goes, what has happened has really served to advance the gospel. And that word advance, it's a military word to chop something down, to remove a barrier, to clear out what is in the way. And what happens is this. Paul says, even in the midst of what's gone on in our life, in our past, God will clear a way and he will use it to advance the gospel. Can you see Jesus clearly in our lives? Too many times we want to avoid what's in our past. And what we need to understand is this. God wants to do a great work. Matter of fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, 8 through 9, Paul writes these words. The same guy who writes this from, to the church in Philippians, he writes this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, 8 and 9. He says this, remember Jesus Christ. Put your perspective on him. Remember Jesus Christ who was raised from the dead, descended from David. And he says this, this is my gospel for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But then listen to what he says, but God's word is not chained. God's word is not chained. God's word 
is not chained by COVID-19. God's word is not chained just because we can't meet in this room. God's word is not chained because of what you've done in your past. Matter of fact, this is what I began to, you know, we use this phrase to kind of somehow reconcile our past a little bit or maybe get rid of our past. And we say stuff like this, everything happens for a reason. And we say that honestly, because we we need to have some reason. We want to feel like, okay, I don't want to feel like that was pointless. So I'm going through this. I guess everything happens for a reason. And, And can I challenge you a little bit on this? What Paul is saying here is this, I want you to change your perspective. And this is what he's saying. Instead of saying everything happens for a reason, what you and I need to begin to say is this, Jesus can redeem everything. Instead of just saying this is just going to happen for a reason, I guess there's no point. We're just going to be in our homes for a while. Begin to see that Jesus can redeem everything. See, I, I found this statistic staggering. A couple of weeks ago when we had Easter, they recorded this because of what's happening online. They said this time in history was the moment that the most people had ever heard the gospel at one time in all of history on Easter weekend. Because everybody was tuning in to the internet and everybody is stuck at home. And what's beginning to happen is this, people are looking for redemption. They're saying, I'm looking for a reason. And what they're really saying is this, can God do anything with this? And Paul says, you better look at this full glass in Jesus, the fullness of Jesus, because Jesus can redeem anything. He can redeem anything from your past. He can redeem this moment that we're in. Matter of fact, this week I had an hour and a half long conversation with a student who's saying, I, 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 I'm having these thoughts about Jesus, but I'm not sure. And I've done these things and I want to get better, but I don't know how to get better. And, I'm, and you know, what's amazing is this. We wouldn't have been able to have that phone call had school been in session. I'm like, Praise God, man, I'm getting to have conversations about Jesus because here's why. Jesus can redeem anything. Jesus can redeem everything. In this moment that we are in, as bad as it is, as sad as it is, Paul says, remind yourself that God is using this even though it is not his design. This is not what God wanted. And yet in the midst of it, he's going, I'm going to redeem everything. Matter of fact, listen what he says about this. This is what he says. And Paul writes this in Colossians chapter two, nine and 10. He's reminding the church in Colossae, hey, look at the full perspective of Jesus. Listen what he tells them. He says this, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. See, this is what Jesus, this is why Christianity is so different than any other religion in the world. There's other religions that believe in Jesus. They don't just, but they don't believe that he was God when he was here. Paul says, no, no, no. Christ, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity, all the fullness of God lives in bodily form. And then he goes on to say this, and you have been given fullness in Christ who is the head over every power and authority. Do you believe today as a follower of Jesus that you have been given fullness in Christ? See, I think a lot of times the reason why our faith stalls out is because we only look at life through our personality. I'm just kind of a half glass empty guy. I'm just kind of a half glass full. No, we're not a half glass empty or a half glass full. 
We are a Jesus people with the perspective of Jesus that says, my cup is full because of the fullness of Christ. And he is redeeming everything in me. And there's more that God wants to do. See, this is why he wants to change the way we see our past. But here's the deal. He wants to change the way we see our present. See, Jesus changes our purpose in the present. This is what Paul is writing to remind him. He's going, not only is Jesus changing our past, I mean, he has given us purpose in the present. We don't need to wait till we can come out of our homes again. He's going, I have a purpose for you right now. Matter of fact, he was going through all sorts of difficulties. Matter of fact, there's people, if you read here, people were opposing him. People were being against him. They were preaching Christ for their own selfish gain. We see that a lot of times that the reports come out where you know some televangelists are just using Christ to gain money and all this other stuff is going, wrong and he's going man there's people that are going sideways and he and he's, he's sitting here in the prison cell and he's going God what is my purpose in this moment and what he's realizing is this Jesus gives us purpose in the present he's got to keep his eye on Jesus and listen to what he says this is what he says in verse 20 in verse 20 he writes to me says I eagerly expect and hope that in no way to be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body. Man, that even if I'm in prison, even if life is all altered, man, I'm praying that Christ would be exalted in my body. And then he goes on to say this, whether by life or by death. Paul realizes there's a chance I'll die in here. And if you read on, Paul never gets out of prison. His head is cut off in prison for being a Christ follower. But here's the deal. He didn't have to live in fear of that because he knew his purpose in the presence. See, this is what happens when we begin to look at Jesus, when Jesus begins to change our perspective and we look and we live in the fullness of Jesus, it gives us purpose in the present. And listen to what he says. He says, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. For to me right now, it's to live is Christ. It's not half Empty? Man, it is full. If I live, it is Christ. And if I die, it's gain. I'm going to be with him. And then listen to what he goes on to say. If I'm going to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. He's going, I know my purpose. If I'm going to live, I have a purpose. It's to serve Jesus in my body and the way I live. And he says, what shall I choose? I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. I'm like, yeah, let's get out of this COVID-19. I'd love to go to heaven right now. That's what he's saying. Love to get out of this jail cell. But then he goes on to say this, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Do you hear his purpose? He's not just thinking about himself. He's not just thinking about his perspective on life. He's thinking about Jesus. And Jesus is changing his purpose in the presence, in the present time. He goes, it is better, more necessary for you that I remain in the body. And he goes on to say this, convinced of this, Jesus has changed his perspective. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you. And here it is, for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. 
Paul is saying this, I know what my purpose is right now because I know who Jesus is. See, a lot of times right now, our, our temptation is just to start hoarding everything, to just keep thinking about ourselves. And Paul says, oh man, it would be so much easier to think about myself. It'd be so much easier just, Jesus, call me home, right? Take, take the wheel, you know, I'm coming to see you. And he goes, oh no, you know what? It is so much better for me to stay here in the body so that I can help your progress in joy and faith. You know how you and I are gonna make it through this tough time? It's not because of our perspective and it's not because of our toughness. It's gonna be that you and I start living with the purpose of Jesus. This is how Paul is having peace and hope in the midst of being locked up. He's not denying his surroundings. He's going, man, I'd love to be with Jesus. But you know what's even better than going to heaven? What's being better than just that right now is this, for me to serve what Jesus has for me to do. And can I just let you know, Jesus has things for you and I to do right now amidst this whole shelter in place. He has things for you and I to do. He has ways for you and I to reach out to people. Maybe right now, one of the greatest things that's gonna be cultivated in this time is that you're gonna begin to read the Bible more richly and deeply. You're gonna to begin to pray more than you've ever prayed before. And you are gonna cultivate this life of Christ and it is going to pour out to others. See, this is what the darkness loves to do. This is why we need to know the light. This is what darkness loves to do. Darkness loves to make you think that life is just about you. The only problem is in that moment, it doesn't sound so dark, does it? We're like, well, man, I gotta take care of me. Paul says, no, I understand the light. And the light says, I want you to serve. See, this is what we need to understand. We are saved to serve. We are saved to serve. God has good works for us to do right now. God is saying, church, rise up right now. Serve one another right now. You want to have purpose in this moment? Begin to have the perspective and the mind of Jesus. Begin not to start with your perspective, but begin to look to him and he will give you purpose. That's what Paul did. That's why he says, I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced of this, man, I'm convinced that God has changed my past and he is using what I'm going through for good. And he will work good through this, even though it doesn't look good. And not only that, he has given me his purpose right now in the present moment. But then this is what's so cool about Jesus. Jesus gives us a plan for the future. See, Jesus changes our plan for the future. Listen to what Paul says. He says this in verse 27. He says, now whatever happens, whatever happens, have you heard Paul's theme through this? He goes, what has happened? And then he says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And then he says this, and whatever happens. Man, we are a whatever happens people when we follow Jesus. Whatever happens. And listen to what he says, whatever happens you want to know what your future is? You want to know our certainty? You want to know our clarity as we move forward as followers of Jesus? Here it is. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus. Matter of fact, here's what's interesting about Philippi where he was writing. It was a Roman retirement town for military personnel. 
Kind of the way to honor them was to say, hey, we're going to give you land. We're going to give you place. Thank you for serving the military. And here you go. And so they knew what it was like to follow rank. They knew what it was like to follow a commander. They knew what it was like to live in line. And Paul says he uses that same language. And he says this, whatever happens, whatever comes, whatever pandemic, whatever, if you're not meeting in your church building, whatever happens, here's what I want you to do. It's not just about going to church. Here's what it's about. Here's what your future is about. Here's what my future is about. Conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus. Now, some of you are like, Lord Jesus, we need you to come quickly because my kids are about ready to lose my salvation. I get it. And I'm praying with you and I'm there with you. This is what Paul goes on to say. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit. That's what he's saying. That's what it looks like to have Jesus lead your future. That you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. Paul was facing constant enemies, not just jail, constant enemies who were against him. And he goes, here's why you need to follow Jesus and allow him to create your future and you follow him so that you won't fear those who oppose you. And he says, because this is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that by God. You and I don't need to go destroying people. God will take care of that in his due time. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. You want to know what our future plan is? We know there's so much uncertainty. We don't know when we're going to be able to come back and meet. We don't know this. We don't know that. We don't know so many things. And Paul says, but here's what I do know, that whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus. And you know what that looks like? You might want to write this down. Here's what this looks like. Man, it begins with you and I remembering who we are in Christ. We have so much uncertainty that we focus on that we forget the certainty that we know about what does it mean to be a follower and someone in Christ. And I wanna invite you, if maybe you've not become a follower today, you don't know what that really means to begin to pursue that because Paul says this, he literally uses this words here to understand your citizenship is in heaven, that you are a citizen of heaven right now. Right now, we are in Christ. We live with him. Yes, we are experiencing suffering. Yes, we're going through hardship. But man, we don't do it alone. We are in Christ. We have the Holy Spirit with us. We have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control because of the Holy Spirit. Because we are in Christ. Here's been a lot of times when I've messed up this idea of being remembering who I am in Christ. This is, this is the, the, the slight mistake that I've made. And man, when you get one degree off and you travel for a long time and you get lost and it's this, I always thought like when I hear that passage, okay, I better conduct myself in a manner worthy of gospel or else lightning bolt. And here's what I've forgotten. Most of the time I look at a passage like that and I go, I better live up to Jesus's expectation. I better live up to it. I got to be better, do better. When Jesus says, that's not what I'm asking. Because you and I can't ever live up to the expectation. You know what he's asking us to do? To live in the grace and the mercy of Jesus. 
Don't live up to it. Live in it. Live in this idea and awareness and perspective that the glass is full because of Jesus. Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 1, that you and I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. He's enough. He's enough. That's what Paul's saying here right now. He's going, hey, remember, this is what it is. Stand firm in one spirit. It also means to remember who you are in Christ, but man, lock arms together. Stand as one. This is what it means to do this right now as a church, man. We need to lift one another up, be mindful of one another, stand firm together. But then he says this. He says, and I want you contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. Meaning this, I want you to go after the ways of God. I want you to begin to pursue. I love that word contending. It's actually where we get our word athlete from. See, our whole thing of being faith, it's not just that you believe one time, it is that a, an act of faith. It's you and I stepping out. It's you and I reaching out. And God is gonna do amazing things. Matter of fact, this is one of the, the things I love. We got this uh, text from one of our staff members. Their father-in-law works at an ER here in town. And he said, this is what was amazing. He, he sent this text to us. He said, this is what he said. He goes, he goes, we watched the Good Friday service in the ER here. All these ER nurses got together and they began to watch the service. And he said this, I never thought I'd see the day when staff would pray before the shift started in Jesus's name and watch our church on an iPhone. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm telling you right now, God is calling you and I to be active in our faith, to go after the ways of God, to not go, well, I mean, <laughs> I can't even get out of my house. Uh, the word of God cannot be changed. The spirit cannot be chained. And God is saying, I want to use you. You got to go after this thing. This is what Paul is saying. He goes, I want you to contend for the faith. I want you to be active. But then he says this at the very end. He says, hey, but remember, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Paul is saying this, hey, life isn't good just because I'm out of jail. Life is good because I have Jesus. And what he's saying is this, when he says, don't just believe, but suffer well, what he's saying is this, in Jesus, stand in your pain right now. Stand in your pain, not because you can, but because you have Christ who is with you. This is what Paul is doing. This is why he's writing such timely words that still speak because the Holy Spirit gave it to him. He's changed, Jesus is changing his perspective on the past. He's given him purpose in the present and he is changing the plan for the future. And he's saying, I am gonna stand in my pain. It hurts so much right now to be in jail. It hurts to not be with you, but here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna stand in my pain and here's what's happening. Paul never got out of prison. He never got out of prison. You know what ended up happening? He wrote half the New Testament. What if Paul would have closed up shop? What if Paul would have just said, no, for me to live isn't Christ. For me to live is me. 
we would have missed out on a global movement of God. Man, what are you and I missing out on right now? Because we only see the glass half full or half empty when the glass is full in Christ. One of my favorite verses is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. It's timely. It says this about Jesus. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let that sink in. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Here in a moment, we're going to take communion. We're going to celebrate the one who doesn't just fill our cup, but he overflows our cup with his grace and his mercy. And every imperfect thought, he is perfecting. In every imperfect way, he is changing. And before we get ready to take communion, to remind ourselves to set our minds on him and to allow him to change us. And after communion, what's going to be great, we're going to have a couple of reflection questions up on the screen. We're going to invite you to dive into those, whether you're by yourself or you've got family or friends together. We want you to begin to process this today. But we thought, you know what? Our perspective is changing right now. We want to take a moment to honor some very special people before we honor and remember Jesus and what he's done. And those are our first responders. And you guys have been laying it on the line. You want to talk about people who are standing firm. You want to talk about people who are locking arms. You want to talk about people who are going after. You want to talk about people who are, who are serving. Man, you first responders are going after it. And as a Northside staff, we wanted to take a moment to say thank you. And for many of you who are in our Northside family, we put this video together to just say thank you to you for the way that you live your life for the good of others. So right now, Northside family, let's thank our first responders through this video. Check this out. To the hundreds of our Northside family and the thousands in Southern Indiana who are doctors and nurses. Thank you. To hospital staff, pharmacists, elderly care and home health care aides. Thank you. To the researchers trying to discover treatments and find a cure. Thank you. To the paramedics, first responders, and emergency personnel. Thank you. To the medical and lab workers tracking the virus and producing thousands of tests. Thank you. To the store clerks and stockers and those who clean shopping carts. To those making deliveries to our homes. Thank you. We want to say thank you to every essential worker who's keeping our community going right now. Thank you for your sacrifice and your courage. Thank you for taking care of the sick and those in need. We are praying for perseverance for you in this difficult time. We are praying for God's light to shine through you as we all continue to fight this pandemic. To all the frontline workers who are working endless hours and tirelessly behind the scenes and might feel a little forgotten. Thank you. We see you. Now more than ever, we want you to know you're in our prayers. We will support you and we're here for you. We pray for God's wisdom for you week after week. We pray for true rest and comfort as you come home exhausted every day. We pray for God's healing over your patience and for ways that you can show them the love and mercy of Jesus. 
May God replenish your energy so you're able to get up and serve another day. Thank you for the endless amounts of sacrifice you are making to protect our community, our country, and our world. We are cheering for you, and you are in our prayers daily. Keep going. Press on. Boy, first responders, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your tireless effort to just love and pour yourself out, to put your literally lives at risk for us. And the reason why I wanna mention that is one, you are worthy to be celebrated and to be lifted up. And at the same time, you change our perspective as you have given us a reflection of what does it look like for Jesus to love us. Matter of fact, I just wanna read this passage to you. It won't appear on the screen, but this is just a passage that has meant so much to me, especially as we go into this time of communion because this is what we need most right now. This is why Paul was writing to bring the light into the darkness. He was going, your perspective needs to change and Jesus changes everything. And listen what it says about Jesus in Hebrews chapter 12, verse two. He says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, listen to that, for the joy set before him endured the cross poured himself out, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then here it is, consider him. Put your perspective on him. Let Jesus change the way you see everything. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose See, when we take communion right now, when we take the bread and the juice, what we celebrate is this, Jesus, you have poured it out. Jesus, you fill our cup. You give us the fullness of life. We know how dark our hearts and our minds are, and yet, Jesus, you come and you save us because of what you did on the cross and the joy that you did it. Even through the pain, you come to save us. And so in this moment, I want to invite you as you take communion, as you take the bread and the juice, to begin to let Jesus change the way you see life. Maybe in this moment, you need to celebrate Jesus so you can change the way you see your past. You need to change the way you see the present because Jesus is with us. Or you need to begin to see the future clearly because Jesus is will guide us there. All of this though, comes through him and his cross. And so right now, let us take communion together. Let us allow Jesus to change us from the inside out. And after taking communion, we're gonna sing just a brief moment and then we're gonna have some discussion questions, but let's celebrate the one who changes everything right now.